Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. We expect to hold the policy rate at its current level while we assess the impact of the cumulative 425 basis point increase in our policy rate. We've raised rates rapidly, and now it's time to pause and assess whether monetary policy is sufficiently restrictive to bring inflation back to the 2% target. Okay, so that is Bank of Canada Governor Tiff Macklem uh, speaking this morning about their decision to raise rates one more time, a quarter point now to 4.5%. And now they'll sit back and observe whether things continue to move in the right direction. And it was interesting, a comment he made today, that they're really aiming for 2%. The inflation range in the Bank of Canada's mandate is somewhere between 1% and 3%. But they're not just aiming for 3%, he said. Quote, the 1% to 3% band is not a zone of indifference that you need to aim for the middle of the band, which is 2%. So that's what the bank's aiming for. But when's it realistic that we would see that 2%? Middle of this year, later this year, into next year? So what's going to guide the bank moving forward here in terms of whether any further interest rate hikes are necessary, whether at some point the conversation would shift to lowering rates? 4.5% is where we're at now. The bank feels that's sufficient for the time being. But how do we know? There's a really interesting piece this week you can find at thestar.com. A bank in the case for why this latest interest rate increase was not necessary. Well, joining us to talk more about is the author of that piece, uh, Professor uh, Gustavo Indart, a Professor Emeritus in the Economics Department at the University of Toronto. Professor, good to have you with us here today. Welcome to the program. Well, thank you for coming, having me. Uh, so let me get your thoughts first of all. I mean, whether you were surprised at all by the announcement today and uh, further to that, though, what you make of uh, the Bank of Canada governor's rationale here. Well, um, no, there was no surprise. I think the market and all analysts were expecting that the bank was going to raise the rate and most likely as it did by uh, 25 basis point. Mm-hmm. Now, um, yeah, the, the question is that was necessary or not. Uh, my argument is that no, it was not necessary. And it was not necessary for different reasons. The first one is that um, the argument is that we have a situation of excess demand in the economy. And this is why the rate of it might be able to help. If there is an excess demand, an increase in the rate of interest is going to make borrowing more expensive. And therefore, that expenditure that relies on borrowing is going to be reduced. Um, but we don't have a situation of excess demand. We do have inflation, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we have inflation the way we measure inflation. What we have is that in December, prices were 6.3% higher than they were a year earlier. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that prices are increasing at the present time. As a matter of fact, since July, we don't have an increase in average prices. And that's what inflation is. It is the change in the average price in the economy the average price in that consumer basket 
that the statistics Canada takes in order to measure the rate of inflation. So what we have since July is that prices have not changed. Average prices have not changed. Some prices are increasing, others are decreasing. On average, they are not changing. And therefore, there is no inflation in the economy for the last last six months. But we have some prices going down, and these are the ones that have contributed to the reduction in inflation. And this is particularly the component of the consumption basket uh, transportation, particularly gasoline prices have decreased significantly. In the last six months, we have the transportation costs have been reduced by 13%. And this is what it has caused then inflation to go down. And for the last six months, we have no inflation. So there is no excess demand in the economy. What we do have is that some prices are increasing, yes, and the prices are increasing very rapidly still are food and shelter. And we cannot say that it's because of excess demand. I don't know you, but I continue having one dinner a day, right. not two. Yeah. And therefore, it's not that we have an increase in the demand for food. No, that's not the case. We are demanding more or less the same as always. But prices are going up. And therefore, this is what we have to take into account. Why the price of food is going up? Why the price of shelter is increasing? And the price of shelter and the price of food are responsible, together with transportation, for about 75% of the rate of inflation, 75%. So we have the transportation went down, yes, and that contributed to the on inflation. But the price of food and the price of shelter continue increasing at a very rapid pace. In the last six months, food has increased by almost 9%. And shelter, which includes rent, of course, has increased by more than 5%. So this is where we have to pay attention to. If we want to decrease inflation further, uh, we have to take it uh, uh, into account what's taking place in the food sector and in the shelter uh, sector. And this is not excess demand. Okay, that's interesting. So when it, as it pertains to housing, there's a more direct link, obviously, between interest rates and housing, and, and interest rates, presumably, then can temper demand for housing. So we'll, we'll talk about food in a second, but what about when it comes to housing? Is there a clear link here between interest rates and demand for housing? Well, there is a, a link, certainly so. But the link is the opposite of what we want. We want the rate of interest to reduce inflation. And here we have the opposite. As the rate of interest increases, the cost of shelter increases while our mortgages are going up. Right. Many people who will be buying houses now are unable to buy houses, and therefore they are going to rent. So, yes, we have an increase in the demand for, for rental housing. But uh, this is something that it cannot be solved by an increase in the rate of interest. Try the opposite. The increase in the rate of interest makes the matter in this sector even worse. Well, that's an interesting point because, you know, if we take a typical home and, and even if we say, okay, the, the value of that home has not changed, but if what the homeowner is paying every month has gone up, that, that's more relevant in the inflation picture there. Well, that, that means that, yes, the cost of, of renting has gone up. The cost of paying uh, for financial services, the mortgage has gone up. And therefore, this component of the CPI basket has increased in, 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 in cost. 
So it's the opposite of what the government wants to do. But of course, if we are paying more in interest, we have less money to spend in anything else. Right. And therefore, the expectation is, okay, the reduction is something else. Yes, but uh, there are not too many things that we can reduce, particularly those individuals who are um, in the income, uh, uh, their incomes are rather relatively low. There is not much they can do to reduce their expenditures. Now, when it comes to food prices and food inflation, as you mentioned, has has been you know running higher than the the overall inflation rate. It doesn't seem like higher interest rates are going to impact food prices much, if at all. So, what can be done there? What's the issue there? Well, certainly, uh, an increase in the rate of interest will not affect the price of food. Um, it's not going to reduce the demand for food in any significant way. We have to eat, and we have to eat, right. and therefore. Uh, well, we are not going to go to a restaurant. Well, if we don't go to the restaurant, then we are going to cook at home. So the demand for food is going to remain there. So, um, and as I mentioned before, it's not that we have an excess demand to start with. We are going to continue demanding more or less the same as always, whether the rate of it is goes up or it goes down. We are not going to change our consumption of food in any significant way because the rate of it is changes in one direction or the other. But what we have is that the price of food continues to increase. Um, and certainly this is not because of demand, it's because of supply. And um, here, well, you we, we have been seeing that there are a, a lot of research being done lately that uh, puts the, the onus on the particular, on, on the, the, the retail uh, sector. Yeah. So we have seen that the prices continue to increase in the supermarket, although uh, the demand has not gone up. And what I say, what the the explanation that we get is that well, it's because the cost of food has increased, and therefore the producer of food has increased their prices, and therefore the price in the supermarket will go up. And this is understandable, and it is partly true as well. So if we have that the price of wheat goes up, then the price of flour will go up, mm-hmm. and certainly the, re- the supermarket will increase the price of flour to the, the consumer. But when we observe that the profit of the supermarket have increased significantly in the year 2021 and 2022, well, that means that they are not only transferring those higher costs to the consumer, but they are increasing prices in excess of what they need in order to cover their higher cost. That is, they are taking advantage of their market power in order to increase prices beyond and therefore to increase their profit. And this is where the government should be paying attention. And this is something which is beyond the reach of the Bank of Canada. It's not with monetary policy. This is not a mandate of the Bank of Canada. This is what the government should be doing. It should yeah. try to control those prices mm-hmm. somehow. I want to get your take on this as well. Um, you know, the, the idea of a soft landing, you seem to be making the argument that, you know, on the inflation side, if you look July to December, inflation uh, has come down and is, is low or non-existent, and that the economy is still doing quite well. Are, are we, have we reached a soft landing at this point? No. 
the, the economy is doing well, there is no soft landing. And this is the concern of the Bank of Canada. And therefore, the Bank of Canada, which has only one tool, which is the rate of interest, and the rate of interest is only effective reducing aggregate demand, then the Bank of Canada says that we have excess demand in the economy. Well, I want to see where the excess demand is. Mm-hmm. Uh, they say, well, there is an excess demand because uh, the firms are not able to find workers. Um, there, there are very many vacancies and not enough workers. Well, uh, I don't see it that way. First of all, this is not going to be uh, a proof that there is an excess demand in the economy. There is no proof that the labor market is very tight. I would like to look at the other side of the coin. At the present time, we have more than one million Canadians out of work. Well, if we want to to see it that way, I would say, well, the economy is not doing well. The rate of unemployment is extremely high because we still have a million people out of work. When the economy is doing well and the corporations are making record profit, we still have one million people out of work. So this is not that the labor market is tight. What we might have is that the skills that are being demanded and the skills that are being supplied perhaps are not in sync. And this is not something that is going to be corrected by changing the rate of interest. Very interesting. We'll leave it there. Uh, your piece is mentioned. It's up at thestar.com. Professor Indart, thank you so much for joining us here today. Appreciate your insight on all this. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.